to the Kingsway podcast. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I don't know why I want to say my name. Part of me feels like every podcaster into intro should be like, So who are you? I'm Ryan, and <laughs> this is my... Yeah. But uh, as you can see, or if you're listening to the audio version and not watching on YouTube, as you can hear, uh, it is not me and Trevor today, but it's me and John Coward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John and is... I mean, you've been on here a handful yeah, of times. Yeah, I've been on here a few times. Yeah, so I'm a... Uh, fill-in pastor, uh, elder, um, show up on Wednesdays and see how things are going kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So quality control. QC. Yeah. 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 He, he keeps the ship running. And speaking okay. of QC, can you explain why we're taking this out of order out of, Oh yes. Uh, I feel like I'm in trouble now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically we're trying to do one of these for every sermon we have in the gospel of Matthew. Yes. At least. And this may be a segment that keeps going into the future with other sermon series, but at least for right now, every gospel of Matthew one, we're diving deeper in. Uh, well, we've had three or so services, each which should have a podcast, uh, which didn't come out. I was at a bunch of camps and Trevor's on vacation and some other stuff happened. So we're recording this out of order. So it's actually been like two weeks or whatever since may a little under, but yeah. almost two weeks since yeah. you preached on uh, your part of Matthew five. So uh, the last podcast was on Matthew five, 17, 17 through 20. 20. We're yeah. backing up. But if you're listening to this after uh, June 30th, 2023, if you're just going through this later in time, um, then you're fine. I'm yeah. just going to reorder oh, these okay. in the right order. So okay. just ignore everything we said. Okay. Yeah. But for continuity, uh, I we recorded the uh, 5, 17 through 21 earlier. Yeah. And then in between the span of that one and this one, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. I cut both pinkies. I still don't understand how that happened, but uh, I know it involved a Incredible dish. skill and coordination. Yeah. Um, and dropping a dish in the sink. Yeah. Uh, but... I <laughs> I dropped this ceramic bowl in the sink and it broke and I was kind of bummed about it and then like ten minutes later I was like why does my finger hurt and my my right pinky like right on top where like if you're looking at the yeah. back of your hand that's the side you're looking at is just like a C shaped cut bleeding yeah, yeah. bleeding uh-huh. and uh, kind of like I don't need to describe this in gory yeah. detail no let's go into detail <laughs> uh, I pulled the bandaid off today and it looked a little purpley oh, which is new okay. for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't get cut or injured a lot. I was raised indoors, uh, so <laughs> and then uh, the other pinky, like ten minutes after that, I noticed it kind of hurt, and I looked, and it was like a cut from the from the far outside edge of the pinky, mm-hmm. like up to the nail. I don't know that it was all the way, but it was like a deeper than a paper cut. Yeah. Well, at least yeah. you have you have symmetry. Yeah, I do have symmetry. Yeah, that's that's no uh, ER visits. No ER urgent visits. care, just home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It All was right. it was just a, a a way to live out uh the f- Genesis one where God separates the light from the darkness, uh-huh. the, the day from the night, the left pinky from the right pinky. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um yeah. That so. was such a stupid joke. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not really symmetry? proud of that. It's not the symmetry but we have part. symmetry. Okay. Yes. So are you ready to talk about salt and light? Almost. What is that Bible app? It's the NIV. It's the NIV 84. A whole no, it's not that. the 84. My 84 okay. crapped out on me. So <sighs> now I had to go back. And the only thing I could find that didn't cost an arm and a leg is the new NIV. But that's what I have. Do you know about the U version Bible app? I've got that too. Okay. I was going to say, 
but there's a reason. So I like okay. to have two Bible apps because I go through the Bible in a year mm-hmm. on the U version. So I keep it. Yeah. So I keep that in order, and I jump around on this other app so I can go wherever I want. Okay. Okay. That make any sense to you? At this point, you should have two phones. Well, one yeah. One for the U version through a year, and one for U version at any moment. That's true. That's true. I could have. Yeah. And all it would cost you is nine hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should just go back and get this old NIV. Yeah, but keep it, your old phone. No, I, had, I had the old NIV through several phones and several years, and then just like three months ago, it just quit on me. I couldn't yeah. get it back. And I checked around, and I, I couldn't find it anywhere. Do you think it's a Years ago, I paid God? $25 for it, and it was on my phone. It was great, but maybe I could try again. But that's yeah. on a short notice anyway. This is the only thing I could yeah. find, and it works fine. It's, it's good. Do you think it's a judgment from God? That you should be using the newer NIV? Yeah, I should be uh, using the new <laughs> gender-neutral NIV, yeah. which is okay. It's just I don't think it flows. I, my issue is I, yeah. I memorize verses from the yeah. 84, so That's it kind of jacks issue, me up. So. Which isn't an issue in the translation. It's an issue in the tradition. Yeah. It's an issue in uh, – because one of the churches I was at before, the guy had memorized stuff, Bible Bowl, growing up in the NIV 73 <laughs> – yeah. Which I didn't know existed. I'm sure it was an awesome addition. Gotta admit, yeah. I was born in '95, so yeah. I thought the 11 year old NIV 84 was was the first one. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's one before the '73, but we don't need uh, to look that up now. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if any of this is gonna make it in the episode. Oh, good. But if it did, <laughs> it's very cool. interesting. Uh, maybe I'll. No, I'm gonna stop making comments that okay. are gonna force my okay. hand in the editing room later. <laughs> All that out of the way, let's get in the episode. Can we talk about the verses here? Yeah, okay. let's talk about uh, Matthew 5. So, yeah. real quick, in your Bible, well, on your phone, uh, but your Bible, mm-hmm. what is the heading for this section? What are we What are we talking about? Just three words, salt and light. That's all salt it Salt and light. Salt and light. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, we, in this episode, we're diving deeper into 5, yeah. 13 through 16. Yeah. But we don't want to just recover all the ground that you already covered in your sermon. So, either... For uh-huh. those of us who weren't here that Sunday, for mm-hmm. those of us who don't attend church yeah. here, mm-hmm. who are watching this video or audio or whatever, or for those of us who it's been 10 days, which and is forgotten. you too, Include. and have forgotten what yeah. you said. <laughs> yeah, it's humbling at least. Um, yeah, yeah for, for all of those groups of people, would you be able to summarize your sermon, what you said on Sunday, in one minute and 30 seconds? Oh, I can do it quicker than that, but yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see how much time you got left. I'll count you down. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So uh, Matthew 5, 13 through 16, part of the Sermon on the Mount. Yep. Uh, it's Jesus' longest recorded sermon in the Bible. And he's, got, he's just gotten through with the Beatitudes, and we move into this section about salt and light. So we talk about salt and light. Salt is a very valuable uh, commodity in the ancient world. Light was also, of course, a very basic uh, issue and, and needed for life. So both of these things are both necessary and basic in life, and they also have a unique quality in that they permeate their surroundings. They overcome their mm-hmm. surroundings. And so we talked about the fact that by implication, Jesus is saying that the world needs salt and light, which means the world's in deep trouble. Uh, the world's a dark place. It's it's 
permeated. It's 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 rotting with sin and and deprivation, uh, and men are walking around in, in darkness, mm-hmm. and, and women too. So we need something to both preserve, give flavor to, and give light to the world, and that's us. And so Jesus is saying, your Christianity, even though it's difficult, even though the world may not want it, you need to be out there in the world, and you need to be showing the light and the salt yeah. that you have. And Christianity is not a private matter. It's not just between you and Jesus. It's it, A true Christian is living his faith, and a true Christian lets his light shine. That was perfect. You had maybe one second left, but I wanted to let it run. Yeah, I could have said a lot more, but that's... Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, that's big. Actually, I, 90 seconds is not as long as you think it is. No, it's it's pretty short. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of like it that way. Yeah. that way yeah. you get to say all the main points, but then we get to spend the majority of the time sure. not yeah. rehashing, so but, but uh, just dive hashing. into it, yes, yes. <laughs> just plain hashing. Yeah. Uh, so you talked about salt and light and how they permeate stuff. I'm going to get into the questions written by ChatGPT later. Um, but you talked about light and salt being permeable. Uh, mm-hmm. why, why do you think Jesus didn't go with, uh, garlic and Axe body spray for the, the two things we should be? Well, uh, I haven't thought about that before, so this is totally off the cuff. You haven't been but, to a junior uh, you know, high garlic camp before. Does, garlic would have been a pretty good one. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it would have certainly permeates, uh, so, uh, yeah, I think he wanted to use what his audience was familiar with and yeah. handled on an everyday basis. So I don't know how prevalent garlic was. I don't see a whole lot of references in it uh, toward I, I garlic in the Old Testament or New. That might uh, be in the Passion Translation. Yeah. Uh, I, I will garlic. say one other thing, that salt and light both have a lot of Old Testament oh, value yeah. to them. Yeah. And so, again, thinking about his audience, a Jewish audience, uh Salt and light would have been something that has a lot of biblical truth and uh, and gravity to it. So, yeah, I think, yeah, and and I don't know, but what was the other one? The body Axe Ax- body spray. That's ex- I, that's I'm gonna re- expensive. I'm gonna it? retract. I, don't I used think to it's buy that, that kind of stuff for my kids, and I'm like, wow, this is spent a lot of money on this. It's it's medium expensive. Okay, I'm I'm gonna retract that statement <laughs> because uh, salt and light. Uh, sustain and uphold life. Garlic has some good health benefits. Axe body spray mm-hmm. is not so much. aerosol poison. Yeah, um, probably not good for anything. There were I've I've been to way too many church camps where, uh, especially my home one, everybody in like all the boys sleep in one giant room. It looks mm-hmm. like a prison with bunk beds and mm-hmm. all that, but yeah. one giant room. And there would be at least ten out of like fifty or a hundred boys every every camp who would instead of taking showers oh, just would use body spray every day just cover up the problem yeah yeah okay but it didn't it didn't cover up the problem it mixed with the problem uh-huh. oh it I got see. worse it and made worse the problem the, even yeah. worse one could argue anyway yeah that's yeah. such a rabbit trail but um <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your church camps <laughs> yeah let's talk about uh uh let's talk about more more about salt and light which okay. is frankly all we're talking about yeah. today um what is the significance of Jesus using the metaphor of salt and light to describe his followers in the world? What's the parallel? Oh, well, salt was supposed to be added to the sacrifices. So you go back yeah. to Leviticus 13, or Leviticus chapter 2, verse 13. It says, be sure to use salt with all of your sacrifices. Okay. 
So uh, I think as far as his audience, he wanted them to understand that, you know, you're, Paul says in Romans 12, 1, that you are to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So you are, in a sense, the salt that is used by God to help preserve the sacrifice, or in, in this case, really to preserve the world or give the world flavor, make it palatable, make it less rotting, yeah, uh, make it less of what it is. And then light, uh, you know, light, God is light. Let there be light. Light represented God. God was that pillar of light, pillar of fire that went before Israel. Um, mm-hmm. So there's many metaphors of, of God being light, light being like God, being a representative of God. So again, as, as followers of Christ, we are to be his representatives and to be his representatives when we be like him. And that, I think, is what he's trying to get accomplished through them. And, and the Old Testament talked about you know God and light um, as being really synonymous. So yeah, I think that's a, a great analogy that he used that would resonate with that Jewish audience. And I I think it's important for us to recognize um, in in our day and age. Uh, let me let me back up to to okay. something that kind of struck me. Um, we we just took a high school trip, and we had a GMC Yukon, Chevy Yukon. Okay. I don't remember what SUV. Yeah, an SUV, and we had a big old bus people mover kind of thing. Okay, it had a TV in it with a DVD player. So I went to John Flower's house and got a bunch of DVDs. And we watched them through the trip. Okay, uh, we watched National Treasure, mm-hmm. and you forget. I Nic- think I Nicholas think Cage, Nicholas yeah. Cage, yeah, and a bunch of other people yeah. whose names I don't remember. Yeah, uh, except for uh, the guy who played. Bor- Boromir, Lord of the Rings, the first one who died by the orcs with the arrows. S- names yeah. I've read the something Pin, mm. maybe. Anyway, okay. uh, doesn't matter. Uh, so Nicolas Cage in that movie is dealing with a lot of ancient technology, even though ancient for him is like 200, mm-hmm. 250 years old, maybe. Okay. So when they're yeah. going in a dark cave and somebody drops their flashlight and whatever, he has to pick up a torch off the wall and light it. Okay. And I think when we hear fire... Today, we limit it to what we use fire for. Yeah. Heat, cooking kind of stuff, pilot pilot mm-hmm. lights on stoves, yeah. campfires, yeah. Uh, fireplaces. It's more about heat than it is about light. Even at night, we might have a fireplace, but then lamps on or something right. like that. Um, Jesus definitely lived before electricity, and all his followers in, in the Bible times lived right. before electricity. So fire was important for light. Yeah, when you're talking about pillar of fire, pillar of cloud, mm-hmm. the cloud by day is only for them to see it. Mm-hmm. The fire by night, I think I always instinctively understand that as destructive mm-hmm. and maybe providing heat, which maybe it did. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we often forget that it was like light was one of the primary purposes. You yeah. went to bed when the sun went down because there was no way you would see anything you're doing anyway. Unless you had a fire. Unless you had a fire. So maybe you could whittle mm-hmm. by the fire. You could you could braid or mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I don't know what people did. Churn butter. Um, you could do something by the fire, but that's it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're you're going to sleep. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to do. Yeah. So, uh, even the fire analogy later in the. Or they had the lamps mouth, back then. They did were, have lamps. you know had olive oil or some kind of. But oil they in were there. like fire lamps. They weren't like yeah electric. It caused battery. a flame. The flame yeah, would be yeah, yeah. you know would give light to the. So room. like yeah, uh, you're a city on a hill, mm-hmm. a light to the, you don't put a basket over a light. Right. 
fire, mm-hmm. fire light, mm-hmm. light fire. Yeah. Um, so their light, no matter what it was, provided heat. It provided heat, yes. Yeah. That was the only form of light they had. They had right. the sun, which was hot, and they had fire, which was hot. And so that heat sustains their life mm-hmm. as well as the light. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they go hand in hand. Yes. Um, they didn't have as much light pollution back then. So I've always wanted yeah. to be able, I'd be cool to be able to go back. I'd like to go back in time for several reasons. Yeah. Just to see how people live and just see how it looked day to day. But back then, you know, they wouldn't have all the light pollution we have now. So at nighttime, they would have the stars mm-hmm. and the moon. I'm sure it was extremely crisp and beautiful and, and bright, much more than what we would see today. I mean, there's yeah. places, I guess, in the, I mean, the fact that you can take tours now to go to places that have not been uh, yeah. subject to so much light pollution that we have today. So the far Arctic kind of areas of the world, deserts. So these two analogies sometimes fall a little bit short maybe today because we have too much salt now, and I mentioned that in the sermon. <laughs> we have too much yes. salt in our food. We have too much salt around us. Salt's something that we see on every table that you go in every restaurant. That wasn't the case back then. It was very valuable. It was very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, they had too little of it, not too much of it. Yeah. And light today is something, again, we take for granted. We can light up any room, any time. Uh, in fact, we have too much light. We have too much light pollution. Uh, that's we're the problem we face. We're losing sleep. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we're losing sleep, yeah. Because of blue light. And, and uh, back then, they didn't have enough light. So yeah. it was difficult uh, to have enough light, especially after the sun went down. So, you know, I think it, it sometimes... I think we need to try to put ourselves in the first century when we look at these analogies. Yeah. Would would help. It helps me at least. Uh, and I mentioned it during the sermon. Salt was so valuable it was used as a payment. Payment as a medium of trade. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, soldiers were often paid, often not just occasionally, but often paid with salt, and they could use that to go and buy the, everything they needed. So. Salt was yeah. a medium of exchange back then. That was it was so valuable. In fact, we get the word salary as a derivative from salt. And I remember you saying he's not worth his salt. Right. It's like it's, you're not worth not your worth salary. His pay. Not worth your pay. Yeah. I, I didn't mention this in the sermon, but this is a little bonus for you guys. This is what this. this is for. Yeah. So if you look at the uh, Leonardo da Vinci's uh, painting of the Last Supper. Okay. In the Last Supper, it shows Judas moving or has stood up, and as he's done so, if you look closely, he's knocked over the salt shaker. Okay? And the reason for that is it was viewed as a bad omen, or it's kind of like breaking a mirror would be now. Mm -hmm. Losing salt, knocking over the salt shaker was viewed as an omen of evil or bad luck or that something ominous was about to happen. Yeah. And so Leonardo da Vinci, as if you look in the detail, has a salt shaker or some kind of salt container on the table that's been knocked over by Judas. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of goes to the issue of how valuable salt is. So didn't talk about that in the sermon, but I thought that was kind of interesting. That's super interesting. Yeah. Um, this next thing is also really interesting to me. Uh, how does the concept of salt losing its taste mm. relate to the disciples' mission and impact on society? Well, I find that that part of verse 13 is challenging, scary, 
bracing to me because he's like, you know, if you lose your saltiness, your purpose for being no longer exists. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of like what Jesus talked about with the vines. Uh, you know, if it doesn't produce fruit, what's it good for? It's cut off and it's thrown into the fire to be burned. And you get kind of the same idea of, you know, you, you have this, this ability to make such a great change, but if you, if you give that up, mm-hmm. you're just like the rest of the world and you just get thrown out and trampled. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a stark warning, I think. Now, I don't remember if you said this in your sermon or if I heard it somewhere else, but, but property-wise, salt cannot actually lose its saltiness. I did not talk about that, but okay. we can now. I'd, I'd love we, to talk about that right okay. now. Salt cannot taste or become less salty. What it can do is become diluted mm-hmm. in other substances. Right. So, right. Okay. Yeah. yes, water, but also like mixed up with sand or mixed up with dirt or mixed up with mm-hmm. other things that are not salty. Yeah, so there's, there's no human there. way. Yeah. yeah, It's not magnetic. You can't put a magnet over it. There's no human way to sort that back out. Right, right. So what's that tell us? So What's the lesson? The question I asked was, concept of salt losing its taste relate to the disciples' mission and impact on society. Yeah. So they I need think, to be in the world. But not of the world. But not of the world. But not mixed together with the world as to lose their otherworldliness. Mm-hmm. Or another way is not diluted by other missions and right. other priorities. Right. And and for some, I can feel you thinking this because I, I used to think this way. Um, when we think about global missions, we think about global evangelism. And some people are tempted to think that global, uh, both like poverty aid mm-hmm. and, yeah. and excommunication, uh, lack of community aid and social justice kind of aid are like secondary. Yeah. And I would disagree. Uh, those people want mm. to have this, this thought that the mm-hmm. saltiness is evangelizing and racking up heaven points for heaven points being human souls. Um, But it seems like Jesus says this and then goes out and still takes care of widows, orphans, the poor, the sick, the excommunicated. So whatever he means, he doesn't mean only evangelize. Don't waste your time feeding people. Mm -hmm. He doesn't mean that. Um, So they're not mutually exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive. They're both the mission. Okay, this gets into a long conversation on what is the gospel. Mm. And if the gospel is Jesus died for your sins so you can say some surrendering phrase and get into heaven, then yes. Mm-hmm. You, that, okay. that is our only mission, just evangelize yeah. people and whatever. If the gospel is Jesus is king and is coming to reclaim the world. For God so loved the mm-hmm. world. Which is one of the big themes in Matthew. Mm-hmm. We tend to think the world as a group of people. Um, but God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Seems specifically about people. And that passage may be. But mm-hmm. in many other passages in um, especially you can see it in Revelation 21. Um, you can see it when creation is talked about instead of world. Mm-hmm. Um, that 
that God doesn't want to save people and scoop them up off the earth and take them away from the earth mm-hmm. up to heaven, but that God wants to rejoin heaven and earth like right. Eden was right. Right. and remake the earth, all of it, the the inanimate right. rocks and trees and, and okay. stuff like that. So a new heaven and a new earth. New heaven and a new earth, which are now one thing. Right. right. So God does care about all of this, and God cares about the stories of people and he cares about their suffering and he hurts when they hurt. You think about Jesus saying uh, to the sheep and the goats, um, you like, why are we on this side? Well, Mm -hmm. you gave me water when I was thirsty. You gave me food when I was hungry. You gave me clothes when I was naked. You gave me shelter when I was homeless. And they said, when did we ever do that? And he said, Mm -hmm. when he did it for the least of these. Mm -hmm. So it seems like Jesus wouldn't agree with global evangelism is far more important than global care poverty care and mm-hmm. and and loss care and health care yeah. and so whatever things really anyway, go together so they go so, together i just wanted to warn against I wanna, that i want to go back to the world yeah. thing okay yeah so when you talk about this is such a vital message yes. from the old testament and the new so you know one of the things we're supposed to do is to be distinctive and and God set up Israel to be his people and to be separate yes. and to be different from all the nations around them. That was that was a huge theme. That was a huge part yeah. of what he what he came to do is to, is to make them a separate, distinct, sanctified, set apart people. Mm-hmm. And yet they come to him through Samuel. They come to Samuel in in 1 Samuel 8 and they say, "We want a king." Why do you want a king? Well, we want to be like everybody around us. Yeah. Right? So, and then Romans 2, Romans 12, 2, Paul says, you know, uh, renew your mind. Yeah. Uh, do not be conformed any longer to this world, but be transformed by yeah. the renewing of your mind. So there's this big issue, Old Testament and New Testament, about, yes, we're in the world, and God yeah. wants us to be in the world. He did just save us and take us immediately to heaven, which sometimes that seems like it'd be a great idea. But he doesn't do it. He saves us and leaves us where we're at to be his ambassadors and representatives. Yeah. Here, nation of Israel did that some. They certainly were distinctive in their diet. They were distinctive in who they, how they worshipped one God, not many gods. Yeah. But yet, at the same time, they were trying to be like all the people around them and how they yeah. treated each other and you know all this stuff that they did that really failed, and then they started worshiping those other gods, and then yeah. they started doing and they yeah. lost their flavor, and God expelled them, and they were exiled yeah. for hundreds of years, most of them. Most yeah. of them never came back. Uh, and so, you know, that's what that's what happened to Israel. They lost their souls. They were deluded. And, and they were thrown out, in a sense, and trampled. Yeah. Here's Jesus now in the Sermon on the Mount. There's been a silent period for over 400 years, and, and he's trying to bring them back. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, you need to have your saltiness. You need to have your distinctive flavor, and yeah. you're preserving quantities and your qualities. And you need to be a light that yeah. shows people, you know, yeah. a light to their path, a lamp to their feet. And they need to be that that way of guiding people and show them that, you know, there is a better way. Yeah. So I'd say a good summary for people about the salt dilution is not that uh, caring about other things that God cares about that aren't evangelism is going to dilute you. You're not going to be diluted by loving your neighbor as yourself. Um, 
on this earth, mm-hmm. even even if they never accept Jesus. You're not going to be deluded by caring about them. Uh, you will be deluded by, let's, let's tie ancient Israel to us mm-hmm. today, yeah. power, mm-hmm. control, yep. comfort, yep. Focus, selfishness. Focusing on yourself. Yeah, I think selfishness and power seem lazy mm-hmm. or seem like whatever. Comfort gets a little close to Comfort. home. Where you're like, of the world. Mm-hmm. It, it could be as easy as I love my morning coffee. Mm-hmm. I didn't have my morning coffee yet today. Oh, and I, as a spiritual practice, did not mention it on camera mm-hmm. um, until this moment. <laughs> uh, but, but there are those like comfort foods, comfort yeah. things, comfort habits. But then uh, uh, it would be more comfortable for me not to go out of my way and make a conversation with this homeless person. Yeah. That would be uncomfortable. Well, that's you mixing in comfort with your saltiness and and enough comfort, mm-hmm. enough control, enough power, enough yeah. selfishness, right. and greed and whatever, even mm-hmm. with your time. Yeah. That's gonna slowly make the potency of your saltiness yeah. close to zero. I think there's an inherent uh kind of inconsistency in verse 13 because Jesus says he starts that verse by saying something really important, which is you are. Yeah. You are. You are the salt of the earth. Later he says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. So it's not like, you know, if you if you do these certain things, and I mentioned this in the sermon, if you do A, B, and C, or if you become super spiritual, mm-hmm. or if you become a follower of mine, you might be salt. He's saying present tense, you are the salt of the earth. And then he goes on to say, but if you lose your saltiness. So... If we are salt, how can we lose our salt? Because that's who we yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's who we are. How do we lose? How do we not yeah. become who we are? Okay. And I think the only way, I think what you said is is right. I think the only way we become not who we are is becoming not who we are, which is becoming yeah. part of the world. Yeah. And becoming concerned about what the world concerns about and less. So stay away from your Bible. Stay away from your church. Stay away from uh, your small group. Yeah. You do all those things, you're going to lose. At least in, to some extent, your effectiveness for the gospel, yeah. which he says here is your soul. And it's not that those things are magically anything, that going to small group and reading your Bible do make you a Christian, but it is that those things sustain, sustain you. you. They don't make you who you are, but they keep they, you. They help you, you hear from the Holy Spirit out mm-hmm. of the mouths of other people. Right. Who, who I always think about it like this, um, stained glass windows there are darker pieces and lighter pieces, and the darker mm-hmm. pieces let through less light, but the lighter pieces let through more light. Mm-hmm. And everybody is their own stained glass window. Some pieces are totally blacked out. You you have a defense mechanism or a habit or a whatever or a history that that you say you kind of don't let God go there, but other people don't have that. Mm-hmm. And so you get a more full window rather than a spotty stained glass sure. window. Yeah. When you let the Holy Spirit speak through other people, and He will gladly say what He wants to say through somebody else who's more willing right. about a topic, about an issue, about a person, a, through through yeah. somebody else than you. And I think humility comes mm-hmm. to the forefront there because if the, the proud person says, "I don't need that. I don't need to read my Bible. I know what's in there. I don't need what other people have to say. I know it all. Yeah. I don't need a small group. I'm fine. I don't need an accountability group. I'm fine. You know." So it's this self-sufficiency, pride, you know, pride precedes the fall. So yeah. that is probably the best way. If you want to lose your saltiness, 
in, inject a lot of pride into your life yeah. and self sufficiency. Mm-hmm. And then, but if you want to be salt, you know, humbly recognize that you've got some you got some blind spots, and you've got some weaknesses, and you need help. I so, think I think that's a good place to end on the salt. I want to get to the light while, we, light. while we still have time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is funny. Is there another day. question? There, there are eight more questions. Okay, but, we need <laughs> but we're not going to get through them through. all. Yeah. We've gotten through two. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to ask this question, and then I'm going to say something I've heard before. Okay. Um, but how does the image of light symbolize the role of the disciples in spreading the truth and dispelling darkness? Now, um, I heard about a church before somewhere in Oklahoma, and they had a every church has like newer kind of church has their own mission statement and values mm-hmm. and whatever, yeah. like yeah. we do. Vision statement, um, yeah. Uh, their, their vision or mission or whatever, I think mission was uh, threefold. Love God, love people, push back darkness. Mm. And I had never mm-hmm. heard okay. those three put together that way. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. no matter how you're doing that, you're taking what Jesus said about the greatest commandment and the second is exactly like it in importance. Mm-hmm. You're taking that and then you're like, also one more thing. Mm. Uh, which is always dangerous, but I I feel like depending on how you apply that, mm. it's kind of mm. good and important. Um, yeah. It may overlap with the first two, but it's it's a perspective okay. shift. Yeah. Um. So let me re-ask the question: uh, How does the image of light symbolize the role of the disciples in spreading the truth and dispelling darkness? Well, I. You know, light has another quality we didn't really talk about in the yeah. sermon or yet, and that is it has the ability to heal, it has the ability yes. to disinfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, one of the ways to combat the coronavirus was to use these certain type of infrared lights or something that would zap the the virus. Yeah. And that's not just true with coronavirus; it's true with with lots of different. Bacteria I mean, viruses. babies born with uh, jaundice. Yeah, or and, uh, yeah, there's yeah, exactly. You give them these, put them under lamps, and you know, there's yeah. all kinds of healing powers. It gives us vitamin D. If you're one of the problems you have if you live above the Arctic Circle in the winter time is you get this actual chronicle or it's chronic. a disease, yeah. chronic yeah, without light. Uh, that's actually a clinically diagnosable disease, and the and the solution is get you light, get more light into your life. Uh, just exposing things to the light yeah. brings have you ever, healing. Have you ever noticed that people who live near the equator are generally pretty mm-hmm. vibrant and happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people yeah. who live far away are generally not? Yeah. I heard a comedian one time talking about uh, how the British Empire was one of the largest in the world um, because of their weather. They didn't mm-hmm. want to stay there, <laughs> he said, but you yeah. didn't see any Barbados empire. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's go somewhere yeah, where it's rainy. Conquer Iceland. Yeah. 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 They were fine. Yeah. They're okay. chilling. That's good. Maybe that's historically ignorant, but, but. <laughs> well, and, and the diagnosis of the world from the Christian's perspective is that people are blinded. Okay. So, yeah. 2 Corinthians 4 4 says, the God of this age, God in a small g, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Yeah. He goes on to say, For we, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, verse 6, Let light shine out of darkness, 
made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So Paul's diagnosis is people have blinded, been blinded yeah. by the gods of this age. So the world is, is a dark place with people that don't see. Yeah. Okay, so we've got kind of a double blindness, a double darkness going on here. We've got a dark world with people that can't see. And I think part of that dark world people can't see is that this is just even noticeable today about light and darkness, that darkness seems to multiply ignorance yes. and secrecy or... Yeah. Uh, it lets evil thrive. It makes you feel like mm-hmm. nobody's watching right. you. Right, right. Um, yeah. And so, so like mold and spiders and all these scary things love darkness. Yeah. Right. But also human yeah. beings with evil intent or... Yeah, or, exactly. I th- uh, yeah, I think uh, if you're in a totalitarian system, modern day Russia or China, uh, Nazi Germany, one of the first things they do is they cut off the truth. Yeah, they they control and monopolize the media. Uh, they suppress uh, freedom of thought and expression. That's the first thing they do, and the and the last thing they do is is suppress the truth. In in other words, they bring darkness so that the light of truth cannot be shined on something. Yeah, and one of the next things they do is instill curfew. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You don't light like curfews? Light and darkness. Like your I'm, parents? I always, I went up to my room, but then I'd stay up and play my Game Boy <laughs> yeah, sure. Advance. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I shouldn't admit that on camera. Uh, but, yeah, and yeah. then they instill curfew because uh, the truth that that could set people free, they want to yeah. control that. Um, I've heard so many stories about uh, Russian propaganda to Russians during the Ukraine oh, yeah. Yeah. conflict it's, war. It all comes from they, one, one They want and... people to still be on their side at the mm-hmm. end of the day, because if they weren't, that would really hurt them. But uh, both their... I don't know exactly how curfew plays into this conflict. I don't know enough. I should research more. Um, but in a lot of totalitarian controlling kind of states, they also want to instill curfew so that you trying to instill rebellion and secrecy is harder. Yeah. Because yeah. you're only allowed outside during the day mm-hmm. where they can see you. Yeah. Yeah. So, they can see if you're walking off somewhere you shouldn't be. They can mm-hmm. see if yeah. Yeah. So the the gospel message is to bring light. And then I think that's yeah. that's what Paul, that's what Peter, that's what all the apostles were tasked to do yeah. is okay, you got you guys, you got the light of Christ. You got to take it out into a dark world. And Jesus is about to in a few verses bring some light. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been living in the darkness of saying you should not murder. Mm-hmm. Let me shine the okay. light on that. Yeah. And for those yeah. who are who are victims of anger and victims of exclusion, this light might be healing and warm and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who have really loved the darkness of of how they're following this, this might burn like mm-hmm. when your mom walks in your room and turns on the lights and you're like, <sighs> yeah, you yeah. pull the blankets up and whatever. It might burn and it might hurt, but it'll be good in, in, in the, the end. Light. Certainly. But he's yeah. about to, to turn on that light and say, you've yeah. heard it said, do not murder. But I say to you, don't even be angry with a brother in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the light. That's the like searing, but also warm yeah. kind of. And salt also has, bringing. going back to salt for a second, yeah. has a medicinal purpose yeah. as well. I did a little Google search and you can use salt. You know, we've always, as kids at least, gargled salt water yeah. for sore throats. So it has that healing power. Saline. It, yeah. Like salary. Yeah. Salary. 
And uh, but I've heard you can use it for things like poison ivy and treat things like that. So yeah. there's if you, you can Google it. I mean, medicinal purposes for for salt, it'll come up with a whole list of things that are pretty mm-hmm. cool. It also cleans, and so it has a lot of purposes that we don't necessarily. But light also shines and brings healing and reconciliation, and that's what that's what the apostles were charged to do. Okay. Is there another question? Uh, I want to. Are we done with that question? Ask two more questions because we okay. got to wrap this thing up pretty soon. Okay. Um, but uh, here we go. How can believers balance the tension? between standing out as lights in the world while maintaining humility and avoiding self-righteousness. Wow. <laughs> you have the answer. That's why I asked you. Okay, read that to me one more time. <laughs> uh, uh, let, me, let me be a little more visual this time. Okay. How can we balance attention between standing out as lights in the world yeah. and maintaining humility and avoiding self-righteousness? Wow. Well, what we said before, I think staying grounded in the Word of God. I think mm-hmm. is extremely important and staying grounded with exposure and true communication with others. I think prayer, having a, a consistent daily prayer life helps in that regard a whole lot as well, because, you know, the light doesn't just shine outward. The light can shine inward as well. And I think mm-hmm. that's what oh, yeah. prayer does yeah. is bring that, turns that light back and say, John, what about this in your life? What about that? Yeah. So I think it helps ground us, in that humility. And you you might remember, you might not, there was a story in 2 Kings about how these uh, poor guys with leprosy during the siege of Samaria yeah. went out and they found that the, the Assyrian army had deserted camp yeah. and left all their food and all their gold. And, and, and so they went and they yeah. started gorging themselves and taking all the food and hiding and, and taking all the gold and the clothes and hiding. And they finally woke up and said, you know, this is not good. This is a day of good news. We need to go in and tell everybody in the city yeah. what's going on here. That's kind of a reflection, really. Of the We are not coming in as conquerors and coming in as people that have all the answers. We're beggars, too. We're lepers, yeah. too. We're sick people, too. We just happen to have a—we know where the answer is yeah. and where to get the solution to our problems. So it's not like we're the answer. We're here to point to the answer. Yeah. We're here to reveal the answer, but we're not. And so I think if you remember who we are as yeah. fellow sinners who by only the grace of God have been saved by God. Yeah. I helps. think it's that story is a great one because uh, the Assyrian army, mm-hmm. they run because God shined his light on them and they scattered. Now, that's a metaphor. Yeah. He'd, he'd, yeah. Maybe something more specific happened, but he shined his light on them and they scattered. And that light was from his people, like uh, leading away from his people towards the enemy, and they ran. And then the lepers came in there. And then what you're talking about is God's light shined inward. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, in yeah. in front front, they were the the people sending the light. Sort of, mm-hmm. uh, it was going for their benefit. Yeah, but then the light turned on them right. and it exposed. Hey, this is not good. Right. We this should. Is, this is not right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that's. That's such a good. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to preacher summarize this and mm-hmm. really clean it up, Please I would do. say, yeah. I would say the way you like balance that light that you're trying to shine and not let it just be self righteousness and I'm above everything and whatever yeah. is let it be clarified by the Word of God. Let it be uh, supported and challenged by the people of God. Right. And uh, let it be 
confirmed. I'm trying to come up with another C. Yeah. Uh, but let it be uh, confirmed, maybe, mm-hmm. or cl- clarified. I already mm-hmm. said. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. By the Spirit of God. Yeah. In, yeah. in prayer and in communion with him and actually, yeah. like, asking him, like, hey, am yeah, I okay? I, I think and the if, further along we get in our cross Christian walk, and you see this in Paul's life when he gets to the end of his life, you yeah. realize um, how much grace has come. It, it's not your work. It's it's all God's work that has done this. So yeah. I think that brings a real deep sense and much needed sense yeah. of humility. And and God's judgment isn't only for those out, outside of you. Yeah. It's also for yeah, you. Yeah, it's convicting it's, to you. It's convicting. You may yeah. be safe in that, like, as you keep humbly obeying and as you whatever, mm-hmm. as you follow Jesus, that, like, there's he's not threatening you with exclusion almost ever. But, like, it is challenging. Like, mm-hmm. I could be wrong sometimes. Yeah. You know, I'm not God. I'm just following mm-hmm. God. And so your light being clarified, just like uh, headlights on my Mazda 3, uh, Shern drives 45 minutes to work one way and then 45 minutes back. Mm-hmm. And the amount of dead bugs and whatever, <laughs> at some point, that yeah. light is a little less a clear. Little less, yeah. That's step one of uh, training yeah. for your commercial driver's license yeah. is the pre-trip inspection. What are you going to check on your vehicle? Half the things are lights. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure this light is not bent, broken, or cracked, is securely mounted to the vehicle, and is clean and easily yeah. visible. Yeah. Yeah, if the light's yeah. not working on you, it's probably not going to work on anybody else. Either, yeah, so it, it yeah. needs to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay, last thing, last and one. this is probably the most fun thing. Okay. This can go a handful of directions, um, but I always learned in uh, how to read the Bible class in Bible college. Uh, it had a different name, but um, what you do when you want to understand a passage, especially one like this, so much continuity around it, mm-hmm. uh, you read it, and then you read the five verses. Although in this section, I'll just say section heading. Before, before and after, after it. it. Put it in context. How How is the salt and light conversation with the don't let your salt get diluted, mm-hmm. don't let your light be be uh, bold Hidden, over? Yeah. yeah. Um, how does that tie in with blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the merciful, and uh, the law, I've not come to abolish the law, but to uphold it, not a dot or iota will be removed. Yeah. Your righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees and, and whatever. How does this passage hold hands with both of those? Yeah, yeah. So immediately before this passage, verses 11 and 12 talks about mm-hmm. persecution. Yeah. Right. It says, uh, rejoice when you're persecuted for my sake. Yeah. Uh, so I think the natural tendency one would have is, oh, well, if I'm going to be persecuted, then I'm not going to let my light shine. I'm not going to let my saltiness be be made aware. It's just going to be between me and Jesus. Okay, yeah. that way I can protect myself from persecution. Yeah, or you know all these other things. Uh, blessed are the meek and those who mourn. And all those those can kind of make one turn inward. I think, mm-hmm. and make it just a very private religion, a private faith. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. I didn't save you just for that. I saved you not just from yourself. I saved you for another purpose, and that is to shine my light into the world. Let your light shine, it says, verse 16, so that others may see your good works and praise God. Mm -hmm. So that shining may bring opposition, but at the same time, at least in the long run, I think he's saying it's going to bring reconciliation at least with some of those people out there that see it, they're going to recognize, oh, that's from God, or that's how it should look, and they're going yeah. to praise. That's not just coming from John or Ryan. That's coming from God, and they're going to praise God. Yeah. So I think it has to do with that previous, 
And then the following section, uh, I, you know, Jesus came not to just throw out the Old Testament. He came to fulfill the, the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, those symbols of salt and light that are reflected, he's saying, come along with me. We're going we're gonna to make this Old Testament come alive, and we're going to make the sacrificial system really work, and we're going to make yeah. the light of God really shine in the world. Come with me, and we're going to do it together. Yeah. I think that's kind of what he's saying. Yeah, I think that's, that's big, and mm-hmm. that's a good place mm-hmm. to end. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode... Um, please like, share, subscribe, mm-hmm. whatever the platform you're on lets you do. That, uh, that really helps other people find this stuff. If yeah. you like this and thought it was valuable and you want other people to know about it, uh, be be the light in the mm. podcast sphere. Yes. And <laughs> that's so lame. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't lose your saltiness as a podcast listener, but share. Okay, yep. I'm not trying to guilt you into whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you liked it, just let other people know yeah. about it. That helps our... I'm. I'm debating on if I should make this a, a common phrase. Uh, like, share, subscribe. That helps our robot overlords know yes. who to pass oh, us along to. There's some truth in that, for sure. It's a little yeah. truth in that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but uh, for us, that's been the episode. Thank you. So have a great and glorious day in the Lord. Yeah. See you later. Thank you. See you later.